Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Ben Blue, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Steal it at the end. Man, it's, it's, good to, it's good to be on the right side of these ones because the Raptors have lost a lot of close games this season, uh, even some on the course of this road trip. Um, but the Raptors were able to pull ahead at the very end. And that's where we're going to have to start because Scotty Barnes was just... He was excellent. I mean, in his own words, he's him. I mean, he is he he's he's he can be enigma at times because of the fact that over the course of the first three quarters, I didn't think he played well um on the offensive end. Defensively, he was involved and he was active and he was giving effort on that front, but disconnected offensively. But the fourth quarter, I mean, he plays the entire fourth quarter first off. Second of all, he was out there leading the bench group, and I think he really, really just decided to turn it on and I know that sounds so like trivial or whatever but he does this a lot we've seen this pattern with Scotty repeatedly over the years sometimes he can have a bad three quarters but he really comes on strong and I say over the years like we've we've seen him forever like obviously we're talking about two years with him uh as a Raptor but we've seen like a handful maybe even a dozen uh, of these kind of games where Scotty finishes with 16 points at 13 of those in the fourth quarter most importantly at the end of the game makes Back-to-back shots, one with a uh, with the Raptors down three, uh, drove it down the floor quickly, um, took a contested shot, took a bump along the baseline, probably about a 10-foot jumper, knocks that down, very confident to shoot that one. I think Jaron Jackson was in the vicinity, and, and Jackson had blocked four shots. He was excellent tonight um, in terms of his shot blocking. And then the next possession down, the Raptors, um, you know, a bit of a controversy in terms of, okay, so the Raptors... Um, you know, get the stop, um, and you know they're breaking the other way, and it's sort of like, okay, who's gonna get the who's gonna get the shot here, right? Fred had it going at times in the first half, although he cooled off, and his overall percentages were not strong. Um, Pascal, you know, I would say he he knocked down some catch and shoot threes at the start, but then kind of over the course of the game, wasn't really able to impact it the same way we have seen. Over the course of the season, again, I really think that's just down to fatigue. He looks so ready for a vacation over this All-Star break. If there's one silver lining to him not making All-Star, it's that. But, you know, those those were probably your, your top two options. But instead, the Raptors in, uh, feed it to Scotty in the post. And I think this is a case of, you know, the veterans understanding who had the hot hand here and, and showing um, a, a willingness to win by giving up the ball. And I'm not trying to overcredit this. I mean, realistically, that's what you expect anybody to play uh, to do, especially the veterans in terms of making the right play. But Fred feeds Scotty in the post, and it's not necessarily a, a, an advantage per se. It's not like there was a switch or a mismatch or anything. It's literally Scotty Barnes versus Jaron Jackson Jr., who, if he stays healthy the rest of the season, he should be uh, the defensive player of the year. I mean, just look at the amount of shots that he blocked tonight and how active he is and, and how hard it is to score on him. So you're talking about Scotty Barnes and Jaron Jackson Jr., and you're willingly attacking Jaron Jackson because of the fact that Scotty really had it going. And Scotty gets into the mid post, um, hits him with the shoulders, and drops the, the little short hook shot over Jaron Jackson. I mean, it's just such a reliable shot for Scotty. So strong, he's able to spin, control in his space, and then go up and down. You know, and it was a great shot, right? Nails the hook shot over Jaron Jackson. That puts the Raptors up one. The Grizzlies come back the other way. And controversial play because of the fact that initially it was ruled as a foul as Desmond Bain um, drove down the lane, kind of spun around Fred, and then went to the basket. Precious was there with the the help and the contest. 
Um, but Fred comes over with the block. Now, originally, Mark Davis, who was the, the baseline official and the crew chief here, called it a foul. Luckily, Nick Nurse still had his challenge left and two timeouts, so was able to immediately call, signal for the challenge. And when we go over to see the replay, we see it as a really, really clean play by Fred Avli coming over, recovering from behind. Bain thought he had got past Fred and only had to finish over Precious, but Fred got back into the play. Very, very clean block. Not a strip this time. I know a lot of Fred's blocks are really just strips when guys go up. This is a block, right, you know, uh, at the top. And not only was it uh, a block, but Fred was able to tip the ball back towards Precious, who caught the ball when the whistle was blown. And so when the officials went to review it, they gave the Raptors the ball because, again, the Raptors had the ball at the time, the whistle. Sometimes you see the play, you know, decided in a jump ball. And if it's a jump ball between, like, Fred and – I guess they would allow any two people to jump. But still, you probably wouldn't like your odds of seeing, like, you know, Scotty or Precious jumping against Jaron Jackson, who's just taller than those guys. Um, but instead, the Raptors get possession. Um, they were able to get the ball inbounds to Gary, who takes the, the foul to give. Next play down. Uh, Pascal is able to 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 um, get the pass out to Fred actually, but they whistled the the foul on the pass. So Pascal steps to the line now. Of course, Pascal's free throw percentage has been sort of up and down this season. I mean, at the start of the year, it felt like he was really really consistent, had his legs, everything like that. Uh, more recently, you've seen it dip down to the lower seventies. Um, and you know, look, listen, we've seen Pascal miss some some crunch time free throws, but not today, not today. He, even though he was not um, at his best, uh, and even though I'm sure he was tired. Um, he was able to step up and, and switch two free throws. That made it a three-point uh, three game. Grizzlies called their last timeout. Now, for me, I was thinking, look, listen, if anybody decides to drive, if anybody is inside the three-point arc, just take the foul, right? Because the Grizzlies have no more timeouts. The Raptors have two. That's a great advantage there to have. And, of course, if you're trying to protect a three-point game, if you do intentional foul and give up only two free throws, that's a good idea. However, the Grizzlies are smart. They inbound above the three-point arc to Jaron Jackson, and now it's the inverse of the, the previous matchup. It's now Jaron Jackson trying to go against Scotty Barnes. And I thought Jaron Jackson, first off, I mean, he made it very obvious um, that he was trying to go for the three. But at the same time, you know, you got to be really careful in these kind of possessions. You never know if the, the, the referees call the foul. You never know if, I mean, you have no recourse to, to change that call after that point because you've already used your challenge. Um, but, you know, Jaron Jackson tries to fake left, tries to drive back right. You know, Scotty cuts him off both times and then hands super vertical, contests a shot at the peak of the shot without fouling, keeps the hand straight up. And honestly, give Jared Jackson credit. There's no way that guy saw the rim, and he still shot it online. He just shot it a little bit long. But the Raptors collect the rebound. Pascal snags it and uh, dribbles off the clock. And the Raptors come up with the win. Huge, huge fourth quarter performance from Scotty Barnes, who makes the last two jumpers, then gets the last stop. I mean, you know, it, it's it, it was a nasty game over the course of it. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, seeing the Raptors finish that strong was, was definitely encouraging, seeing you know, how thrilled Scotty was because look, I think Scotty has had a lot of these like, um, you know, late game possessions where he's taken over and he's done a really good job of sort of bringing the Raptors to the last minute, but then a couple of plays not made in the last minute. Right. And I'm thinking about, is this the first time Scotty has hit the game winning basket? Right. Because we've seen, for example, um, you know, Scotty missing that, 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 tip, that put back layup or that, um, that, that easy catch and shoot layup from, um, from Fred, Fred, who, Drove and then shoveled it to Scotty, who uh, wasn't able to get it to drop against Atlanta. Uh, and that game, the Raptors lost. So even last year, I'm thinking about the Cleveland game, the first time the Raptors played Cleveland. Scotty had a tip in at the end there, and he missed it. And so I'm thinking, like, 
overall, his numbers in crunch time are excellent. In fact, Blake Murphy with the assist on this one. Uh, for this season, Scotty Barnes is now 23 of 39 in the final five minutes of a game with a score within five points. That includes four of eight from threes and 12 of 13 from three throws, which is excellent. We've seen Scotty knock down clutch free throws time and time again, of course. But we haven't seen this like one specific game-winning type of takeover stretch. And, and I'm so happy to see it for him because he looked thrilled. He was, you know, obviously, you know, he's he's an emotive guy, right? And you can see it, right? And uh, his teammates obviously fired up for him as well. Um, and, and it was a great way to, win a, to, to finish the road trip. I mean, look, listen, uh, four and three on the road trip. To be honest, they, they've played well enough to, to... Honestly, only one game they weren't really in is that, is that Warriors game. But they played well enough against Phoenix. They couldn't they couldn't close that one out, um, you know. And yeah, I mean, this game you you have to take the opportunities that are there. And and for a while, it looked like the Raptors were not going to do it. I mean, Memphis had sixty two points by uh, halftime. You know, it, you you would have thought, okay, coming into this game, if there's no John Morant, if there's no Stephen Adams, if there's no Dylan Brooks who who was suspended, the others two were out with injuries. If you, you're missing three starters, like you really got to come in here and and focus in on who they have left, which is going to be Jaron Jackson, which is going to be Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain in particular, because he's the scorer in that group and he's been hot recently. But the Raptors really just let Desmond Bain get free so open for, for threes at the start. I mean, you know this guy's going to hunt for threes. You got to limit his three-point attempts. Got to make him drive the ball. Now, he's a good driver as well, but you got to be able to stack bodies in the lane. Then, of course, you got to collapse in the paint because the Grizzlies are going to attack the glass and they have some athletes still down there. Uh, even if the if they're missing, you know, Jerry, uh, Stephen Adams, for example, who hurt the Raptors a lot in the first matchup. So you knew what you had to do, but the Raptors just couldn't really do it. The execution was really poor. The, the Raptors had to call the first time out again um, after it was 15 to four for Memphis. And, you know, it, it was a lot of misplays defensively. And some of that was on your your main guys. Like Fred was the assignment on Bain. Bain got open a couple of times. Can't help off of Bain. You really got to stick with him, right? So there's there's that aspect. There's also the aspect that like, okay, if if Fred is going to run Bain off the three point and guide him towards drives, where is the help at the basket? And you know that's where Precious was a little bit slow on that front. Pascal also, I gotta say, was the main culprit there. You know he uh, he allowed Jaron Jackson to drive straight through him for a uh, line drive and layup to begin the game. And Pascal was late tagging Xavier Tillman, who rolled to the basket. The Raptors had blitzed at the top. Two guys at the three-point line, the Grizzlies pass it over the top to Tillman. And that's where you absolutely need one of your two guys on the, the baseline help to to tag the roller and stop him and contest a shot and force the kick out. And at least at that point, you can rotate. But if you're late with the contest and you give up the end one, like it, it just it was just bad, you know? And and offensively, the Raptors were settling for for, for terrible shots. You know, Scotty um, settling for two threes uh, at the start. I mean, one of them was a catch and shoot for sure. And like, I don't mind taking that but still like you know i i still thought that over the course of the game especially in the fourth quarter when he decided to really take it downhill and drive even with the grizzly shot blocking down there he was able to be effective so i would have liked to see him start inside more than start with the three and then honestly the same goes for pascal you know he missed a three he missed a mid-range jumper and it was again another one of these uninspired starts and so with the raptors being down it was like who is going to bring the energy and this game reminded me a lot of the houston game because you had to turn to your bench for that jolt. And that's where Nick Nurse was able to call upon Chris Boucher and Thad Young. And even to a small degree, but Malachi Flynn was also pretty good in the course of this game. And those three guys were the only three who who uh, came off the bench for Toronto. But they were all really, really productive in their minutes. And they played excellently in place of the starters who, you know, had various struggles. You know, uh, I thought Precious... 
I mean, first off, he he was 0 for 3 from 3, which is not great. None of the threes looked particularly close. Uh, he also turned down probably like five or six other looks from three, which kind of really stopped the offense. The Grizzlies were just able to camp out in the lane. Uh, and by the way, going forward, if you're thinking about the front court of Precious, Pascal, and Scotty, it is going to be a very, very light on three-point shooting if that's sort of the front court they move forward with if OG is ultimately moved. Um so, you know, that was a bit of a sneak peek where the Grizzlies just camped out in the lane and, and allowed Precious to shoot, and he wouldn't really take those shots. So he struggled on that front. Scotty was very disconnected and kind of not even involved um, for the first three quarters. I thought, you know, he probably made like one or two drives. It was kind of similar to that Houston game, to be honest. Except in the Houston game, the Raptors were able to take over in the fourth with other players. You know, Scotty didn't necessarily have to. This game, he really turned it on. It was a noticeable difference. But through the first three quarters, he wasn't really looking to attack. Pascal was settling for a lot of jumpers. Um, Tillman did a really good job of staying in front of him as well um, and being physical and bumping him on Pascal's drives. Um, And also the bigger issue for Pascal is he had five personal fouls in this game and he really had to be careful at the end of the game. Um, But, you know, he he had to sit early in the first half with, um, you know, just, just some cheap stuff really like, you know, bumping Tillman on an and one. Um, bumping David Roddy on an and one, bumping Tillman again on an and one. You know, he had his fourth foul, I think, or maybe his fifth foul was just like a rip-through move by Santi Aldama, who like, okay, I suppose like, you know, you got to keep your hands back, but you don't necessarily expect a guy like that to be going for rip-through fouls. By the way, Santi Aldama tried the rip-through move like four times tonight, and it gets to work once on, on Pascal, so that's all you really need to do. But still, um, Pascal learned his lesson the next two times Aldama tried to do the rip-through. When Pascal had five fouls, he did not fall for it. Um, and also Thad Young also just did not fall for it either. But so Pascal struggled, you know, that left Fred to really, oh, and Gary was, I mean, just kind of like really invisible, like offensively, defensively, um, you know, it just wasn't really making that big of an impact. Um, you know, Gary was, he, he obviously, he's always gonna get chances to score. Cause obviously the Raptors do a great job of setting him up. But he wasn't really knocking the catch and shoot threes. Um, and then also, you know, it's just a couple of mid-range jumpers weren't there. I think for Gary, the the more important thing for me for Gary is that he needs to, like, make the right passes. And I mean things like simple reads you need to make. I'm not talking about, like, Gary needs to, like, you know, throw some behind-the-back passes or make the perfect reads, you know, or throw a no-look dime like Scotty. But, like, I'm talking about, like, if you're working a pick-and-roll and Scotty screens and they switch it and now it's uh, Scotty in the post against Tyus Jones, you absolutely need to feed him, right? Like, and that happened, like, two or three times in, in, the, uh, in, in the third quarter there where the Raptors offensively got really stuck, right? And so, you know, I, I thought he wasn't really just – I mean, we've seen a lot better games from Gary, let's be honest. And then, of course, when all that happens, Fred's like, okay, now it's my turn. I'm going to try to take it over and try to jumpstart the, the car. And, and yeah, he made some tough shots, there's no doubt. And his three-point percentage, I mean, two of nine, honestly, three of those are like last quarter, um, last possession he's. There's two at the first, end of the first quarter. One he got blocked on, and then also at the uh, maybe the, at, at the end of the first half. But so, you know, like it's going to look worse than it is. But at the same time, like some of the results just aren't great. Like Fred driving in and trying to touch the paint and finish at the rim, like, that's not going to be an easy thing to do with Jaron Jackson around, even with some of the other Grizzlies uh, bigs in the lane, right? I mean, occasionally Fred was able to get by, like, a Tillman, and he crossed them up, and he got in for a reverse layup. That was a beautiful move. Uh, or you could score occasionally on Brandon Clark. But, like, again, like, still, there were a lot of shots that were blocked. But Fred was trying to make, you know, try to get it going. Had a couple of possessions where the ball slipped out of his hands as well. Which I suppose happens. I mean, two turnovers in 38 minutes isn't too high, but still, like it, it is. 
those were live ball turnovers that led to the Grizzlies going going the other way. And so when you have all those things happening, and I'm really describing all five starters as struggling, which is kind of what happened. You really need your bench to lift you. And that's where Chris was excellent. Seven of 10 from the field, 17 points, 10 rebounds, um, you know, knocked down three threes, which is huge. First off, the Raptors got a, a three from everybody off the bench, which is it'd be such a relief, really. Um, but it's also such a rarity. Um, but Thad Young was excellent off the bench as well. You know, um, I think him playing in his hometown, you know, had a lot of people in the building. Um, Nick brought him in as the first sub, and, and he was excellent. You know, played well with the starters, played well with the bench as well. Um, only thing he didn't do great was knock down free throws. He was, uh, I think he went one for two, three times for three of six. But he was in for the rebounds. He was, he was um, you know, a hub in the offense, in the post, you know, finding out uh, cutters. You know, him and Chris have a great connection. They found each other a couple of times. Um, and also, like, man, Stan Young was dunking multiple times in this game. Malachi had two plays in the second half where he, uh, you know, crossed over uh, with, with a head of steam coming down in transition, crossed over, got into the, the, the teeth of the defense, and then uh, uh, dished it off to... Uh, Thad, who was cutting in for the dunk, that, that happened twice. And, and you know, it was just great offense, really, by the team. And you just don't usually see this from the bench. I mean, like it's I understand that Memphis was down, like, some starters, and also that Memphis is uh, just having a really, really rough time of late. I mean, for, I mean, first off, just look up the stories from The Athletic on, on the Memphis Grizzlies of late. I mean, some of it is just truly, truly mind-boggling what's going down there, allegedly. But um, they've just also been in a, you know, a losing kind of stretch here um but th- they're still not a good they're still not an easy team to play you know um when you're in memphis like they're they're 21 and 4 at home right so you needed to to really come through here and and that's where you know you needed your bench to show up especially when your starters weren't that energetic and that's the advantage that you had because it's not necessarily that memphis um you know couldn't match up with the raptors starters i think the, the you know the starting five for memphis probably outplayed toronto starting five um, until the fourth quarter, that is. But, you know, that's where the Grizzlies just didn't have a difference makers off the bench. Like, their best bench player tonight was probably Danny Green. And this is Danny Green, like, fresh off of, like, um, you know, recovering from uh, injury that kept him out for the majority of the season after Joel Embiid flopped and fell on his leg and destroyed it. But, um, yeah, like, they, they didn't have a difference maker off the bench. You know, Brandon Clark, normally he's a really good offensive rebounder, didn't get a single offensive rebound tonight. You know, Zaire Williams, he's just kind of there. I mean, he's he's just... I mean, he's he's a guy who I could see being a Raptor, just being like one of these six nine forwards that are long, spindly, but doesn't really do that much. Um, he, he really does fit the uh, he really does fit the mold of what the Raptors have. You know, David Roddy is the exact opposite, just a just a uh, really round, thick kind of forward who you know got in a couple of times and knocked down a three, but really didn't have that big of an impact in the game. And then John Conchar. He's good for a three here or there, decent rebounder, um, and, and he blocked two shots. But again, no actual impact scoring off the bench, whereas the Raptors were able to really, really take it to them. And yeah, I mean, you know, you, that's where you got to credit to these guys. Like Chris Boucher was one of the main reasons why the Raptors were able to uh, turn it on against Houston as well. They, they started that game exactly like this one. Just really, really nasty offense, really, you know, uninspired play. Defense was not there as well. And getting into an early deficit, well, you know, you 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 see how Chris Boucher and his energy can really, really liven up these games. Especially, look, we're talking about games in February. Um, you know, the All Star break is coming up, and look, I'm sure all these guys are looking forward to a vacation. I mean, look look at the Raptors. Like they, Pascal in particular, really lo- seems like he could really use some time off. You know, in a tropical location for like five, six days, and just not think about um, the struggles that are the Toronto Raptors this season. 
you know, I think we could probably all relate to that. But, you know, especially in these kind of games where it wasn't like Memphis was, you know, even though they were playing, they were they were getting up to a big lead, they, they weren't really playing that great. And so you come in with some energy, you change the game. And Thad Young was inspired, as he always is. I really admire Thad's professionalism. Grizzlies was playing a lot of two big lineups as well. So that really, um, you know, allows Thad to really be in the game and play more down low and, you know, use his smarts and stuff like that. Defensively, got two steals. But offensively, I just think Thad really brings like another dimension. You know, there, there's just things you can do with him in the post that uh, the other guys can't have. And then look, Malachi, look, uh, he has been playing a lot recently, right? Uh, we even saw Delano get a chance against Houston. Now, Delano didn't take that chance because in two minutes he made like five mistakes. And I don't want to rehash myself, but you can go back to Friday's episode. So Malachi gets another chance here. And I thought he did a really great job with it, right? It really got downhill over and over and over again. You know, the Grizzlies didn't really have a backup point guard. But even if you know if it was Malachi against Tyus Jones, you're 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 decently happy with that that matchup. Um, Tyus Jones is a really good uh, backup point guard, but you know same size as Malachi. Malachi can use his quickness to stay in front of him a little bit. Um, and then yeah, Malachi, you know even though he wasn't necessarily knocking down all his shots, but I thought he was explosive. He was quick, got to the rim a couple times, just missed a few looks there, you know whatever. But I like the extra passes, five assists, no turnovers in 17 minutes with two steals as well. You're thrilled with all of that. And you, you, and the bench put the Raptors in a position where they were able to stay in the game. And I don't know how many times this season I've been able to say that. Like, the Raptors this season, a lot of the times, the starters are excellent, but the bench isn't, right? And now this is kind of the opposite. And you know what? Eventually, you just know with some of these starters, like, they're going to turn it on eventually, right? Like, And even if they're having a bad game, a lot of these guys are fairly experienced. Like, Gary's been in the league enough times to, to understand where his shots are going to come from, and he was able to, to get a couple of those in the second half. And then Fred... You know, he was able to, you know, drive and kick for a couple of threes and uh, and hit a couple of jumpers here and there. You know, the Grizzlies were dropping back on defense as they usually do. And, you know, especially when they were attacking Tillman in the screen, maybe Jaron Jackson, not so much because Jaron is more, um, you know, mobile and able to fly all around the court. Like he's he's terrifying to play against, um, I feel like, just because of how much of a shot blocking presence he carries. And he's mobile as well. But when they're attacking Tillman, Tillman's like a traditional drop back big. And Fred was able to pull up for three against a high screen, uh, get into the mid-range pull-up there, and he found a couple of ways to get it going there. Just over the course of the game, but especially in the second half, Precious, I thought, really settled in, and and he had the dunk of the night where the Raptors were able to uh, uh, swing the ball to Precious in the corner. And Precious had missed a shot against Jaron Jackson earlier, um, but Precious decided to take it super strong. And, of course, you know Precious is the most athletic guy on the team. So when he really takes off and he has a, an open lane to drive, he really, really took off and made sure to to go in as hard as he could and, and, and flushed it over Jaron Jackson. So, you know, he made that play. Even another play where he went one-on-one against Jaron, which is, again, not a great idea, but Precious is able to throw his shoulder into Jaron Jackson, knock him back like two, three feet, and then go up for the soft hook shot. I, it's not the most like advanced move, but I'm just saying that's just not normal to see. Like you don't see players moving Jaron Jackson around the way that uh, you saw Precious did in that play, or even Scotty did at the end of the game. Um, and then, yeah, you know, the, when, the, when the Grizzlies let the Raptors hang around, you know, that's where the invitation was there, and Scotty fully took it. And um, you know, again, I'm just thrilled for the kid because you could tell that um, it, there's there's been frustrations in this season. You could tell there's frustrations even even within the course of games. Like you had. You know, a play where, you know, uh, Chris Boucher was, was I mean, he wanted the pass. Maybe he wasn't open, but he he had Tyus Jones uh, guarding him in the post, and Chris Boucher had two feet in the paint. And he was jumping up. He was, like, like signaling and, and waving his hands, like, you'll pass me the ball. 
Fred was like, no, I'm not going to do this. Instead, Fred took a, a contested three pull-up and missed. Thankfully, Thad Young was able to rip down the rebound um, and kick it out to Malachi, who knocked down the three right before the end of the third quarter. But, like, Chris Boucher was so mad that he didn't get the pass. He was literally jumping up and down, hopping up and down mad for it. Or, or there's other plays where they just don't really, like, you know, play as a team. Or, you know, there was a play where Precious, you know, had the had, had the rebound and, and he, the play 100% was to kick it up to um, Pascal, who was about to score one-on-one at the rim against a smaller player in transition. We know how good he is at that. Uh, But Precious doesn't make that pass. Instead, the Raptors keep it on the wrong side of the floor. The Grizzlies are able to get back in transition, and all they get out of that play is a contested mid-range jumper from Gary Trent, who misses. Like, you know, there's plays like that where you can see the frustration. You can see, like, Scotty Barnes getting need, you know, below the belt. On, on a drive by Desmond Bain and him staying down in a lot of pain and Nick Nurse calling one of his timeouts to just make sure Scotty's okay. Now, of course, he was able to you know finish the game. In fact, he was in the uh, the game, the very next possession. Um, but you can see that kind of frustration with them. But at the same time, you can also see that, look, I mean, you you also just need some moments of joy. Whether or not this group is over, whether or not that uh, the, the, the front office decides to you know make some moves here, obviously – the results are what they are. They're 24 and 30. Their best chance of finishing the season right now is probably just to like, I don't know, maybe um, chase the playing tournament. Like that's not a big reward at the end of the day. Um, but of course it's not necessarily just about this season. It's about like how you move long-term with this group. And, you know, you have the decision to make with OG you have a decision to make with Fred, you have a decision to make with Gary. And I don't think there's a decision to make with Pascal. I think you just keep him. But even still, you, you probably are a little concerned that like, hey, over the last month or so, Pascal's really slowing down here. Um, you know, you have to make these tough decisions right now. And, and whether they pull the team apart or not, I, I just still want to see them compete and, and have good moments, especially because for a guy like Scotty, he's the guy who, you know, is going to be here long term. And you're going to need to see more of these performances. And of course, the, the temptation with, with these kind of games is always, why can't we get this um, for the first three quarters as well, right? Like, why can't, you know, we have this consistently? And that's a fair question to ask. And I'm sure that that's something where, you know, the whole entire team always talks about how they get on Scotty for for wanting to be more aggressive, right? That, you know, um, every single player has probably gone up to Scotty and been like, yo, you should shoot more. And and Nick has definitely done that privately and also publicly to the media repeatedly. The front office probably saying the same thing to him. Scotty Barnes even said it himself. There's a great feature that was written by Sirat Sohi on The Ringer about Scotty Barnes. And Scotty had a quote in there about how, you know, he's very self-aware about this. He knows that, you know, he needs to be more aggressive and find ways to impact the game. But at the same time, I think, you know, that's that's the that's what happens with a young player. You really can't like expedite everything or expect perfect perfection at all from from especially young people as they're sort of figuring out how to get into whatever facet of life that they're trying to get into. And and for Scotty, like it's just good to know that he has this talent to take over because man, fourth quarter was all him. Like it, like he had thirteen points in the fourth quarter, Memphis only had seventeen. This is by himself, you know, and, and he was excellent. And and I thought Nick did a good job of getting him a quick breather here and there as well with the timeouts and stuff like that to keep him fresh. And, of course, he was super hype at the end of the game. So the Raptors finished the road trip 4-3, uh, and three, which all things considered, pretty good result. Um, but at the same time, you know, we've also seen enough out of them this, this season. And, um, you know, if I had to guess, on Monday's show, we're probably going to talk about more trade stuff. But uh, uh, to wrap up this uh, React pod for now, I'm going to hand out the three stars from tonight's game. Scotty's going to get the first star. Um you know, I would say that there were other players that maybe were a little bit more consistent over the course of the entire 
game, but come on, he took over at the end there. The last two jumpers, both over Jaron Jackson, then stopping Jaron Jackson. It really impressive against an all-star too. So 16.7 rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, seven of 15 shooting, two of six from three. Um, yeah, man. The only thing is the four turnovers. Like there are some of those were like very, very absent-minded. There's one where he like was doing a triple handoff with Fred, just bringing the ball up and turned it over. And Tyus Jones took it in for a layup. Like there's, there's, that's more mental mistakes, right? That's like fatigue and stuff like that. But yeah, Scotty was excellent. By the way, the, the two assists doesn't even include some of the ones that in, uh, led to fouls, including one really, really beautiful no look dime to Thad Young, who uh, who got two free throws in transition off of a great feed from Scotty. So, man, great, uh, very, very happy for him. Uh, your second star is going to be Chris Boucher, seventeen points, ten rebounds, and assist. Um, you know, plus twelve in twenty seven minutes. Defensively, obviously, there's going to be lapses here or there, but offensively, you know, the Raptors were able to find him. Um, open for three. Uh, he was obviously able to knock those down, which is huge. I mean, you know, we know Chris has that ability to knock them down, but we do know the percentages are quite low. Um, but uh, yeah, tonight was one of those nights where he was able to get that going, get on the offensive glass. You know, I think the length around the basket was was pretty important. You know, I thought him winning the Clark matchup is 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 a big determinant of the game itself, right? Because they're kind of similar players. Clark, you know, a little bit uh, more compact, a little bit more muscle, a little less length. Um, but you know, also a monster on the glass, also somebody who can really, really, um, impact the basket. You know, he's got a good floater game as well. I thought Chris just totally outplayed him. Um, and that was a big factor as to why the Raptors were able to win. And then your third star, Thad Young, who, you know, comes off the bench in his hometown, 14 points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals, five of eight shooting from the field, knocked down a three as well. I mean, what can you say? It was excellent. Took a charge. Um, you know, made some great passes out of the posts. You know, I I, I like I, I like seeing the Thad Young post up too because at least I that's one of those plays where I know where it's gonna go. Right, I know he's gonna get to his left hand because somehow 16 years into the league, teams still don't fully understand that he's gonna go back to his left no matter how he tries to set up the shot. Um, and then also that he's gonna pick out the nice passes, and there are some really beautiful passing moments from Thad Young who makes some. Some uh, really, really good finds. So, but yeah, I mean, overall, the Raptors were able to to to, to find enough production out of their team, uh, and Scotty was able to close it at the end. Uh, your Gerald Henderson Award winner. Um, uh, I mean, I, there's there's a case for Tillman. I, I just think that defensively he was solid there too. But of course, I think that uh, you know he made some key mistakes, and the Raptors did go at him a lot, uh, you know, defensively. So maybe I'll give it to Santi Aldama. I mean, he had a really hot start to the game. It was mad annoying watching him. I think he might have been close to double digits in the first quarter alone. Big reason why Memphis got off to a good start. But yeah, 15.6 rebounds, uh, four assists, two blocks as well. Um, you know, cooled off after some 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 threes at the start. But uh, yeah, I mean, had a sweeping and one as well over Precious. Like, what was happening with that? But, uh, you know, the Raptors ultimately were able to keep a lid on everybody. And even Bain, who started off hot, the Raptors were able to sort of close in on him in the fourth quarter. And that's what's most important. So... Good win. Raptors return home finally after two weeks. And, um, you know, they have a couple of days off. Obviously, there'll be nonstop trade speculation. And so uh, we'll cover all of that on the show. But in the meantime, please continue to rate, review, subscribe, and uh, catch the Raptors show, um, you know, every day this week. Including, by the way, a two-hour trade deadline special on Thursday. The deadline is 3 p.m. Eastern. Our show will go from 2 to 4 p.m. So check that out on YouTube, on TV on the podcast on radio wherever you want to find it uh, it'll be a busy week so thanks all for listening once again and uh yeah catch you next time <laughs>